Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We are back. My name is Pete. My name is Bob. What is up, Bob? Oh, Pete. Um, I didn't eat dinner tonight. No dinner. No dinner. Did you have any snacks? Yeah, it's one of those situations. I um, had plans. Uh, took my son to a uh, movie. So he ate a, a quick dinner, a popcorn. How do you feel about movie theater popcorn? I think it's great. Yeah, right. Like it's like incredible. Like I, yeah. I, one of these things like watermelon. I, I can count the number of people I've met in my long, long life who don't like watermelon. Maybe even fewer who don't like movie theater popcorn, right? My problem with popcorn as an old man is that it gets stuck in my teeth. Yes. <laughs> and that bothers me. Same. Um, as a slightly older man here, <laughs> I have found um, there was a time in my life, Pete, likely in my teens, where I would put, like, a, a, what's the right word? A, a tremendous, I think tremendous is the right word, a tremendous <laughs> amount of butter and salt on my popcorn. Sure. And I, lo- I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> And I've found recent movie trips that I just haven't enjoyed it as much. Like maybe it's good, but like, I don't even feel like movie theater popcorn, unless you saturate it with butter and salt is super bad for you. Like it's not, it's not like you're like, Oh, this is healthy, but like, you're not, uh, there's a lot worse things you could yeah, eat. Yeah, It's you know? not the worst. It couldn't be no, the worst. No, it's popcorn. At the end of the day, it's, it's like puffed corn, whatever. Soaked in oils, et cetera, et cetera. But eh, it's not the worst. Um, but when I've been putting butter and salt on, even just like a marginal amount, I'm like, meh, I eat a little bit and then leave the bag, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't put any salt and butter on there and I was hungry. I don't, I had a kind of lighter lunch polished off, and I was a kid sized bag of popcorn. I polished off a kid sized bag of popcorn. So I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I'm, I'm listless. I'm like a, a boat without an anchor today <laughs> what'd you have for dinner <laughs> that's funny i mean yeah i uh i had it was boring it was a boring night so basically i can't cook to save my life um mm. so if i have a nice dinner it's because my wife is handling it so if i'm left to my own devices it's always something very simple it's like pasta or sure. yeah like like soup in a can or like <laughs> some weird kind of concoction that I make with whatever's in the refrigerator. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight Sweet. it was, it was basically that it was uh, a salad, mm-hmm. but like I had a barbecue over the weekend. Sure. And oh, one of the good things about a barbecue is that you're left with all kinds of snacks Hell yeah. after the fact. Right. Hell so, yeah. I had like three different varieties of potato salad to choose from. So it was kind of like a little salad, but then like all the other kind of side stuff that you get at a barbecue. Um, so, so that's what we refer to in my house as a scrapperman meal. Okay. Um, so a scrapper meal, just like whatever scraps you throw together. Maybe there's some sort of creativity. Maybe it's literally like, yeah, just, just put those different things on the plate. And we'll, we'll, we'll eat that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I've put like weird mismatched things in like a wrap that I wouldn't admit on this podcast Ooh. because it, sometimes yeah, yeah, it really it. works it. and sometimes it. it does not work. And sometimes it's a fail. No, I get yeah. it. I'm with you. Right now, I'm 
I'm intrigued and I'm a little sad because I feel like I've missed some really good barbecues at your house. <laughs> uh, but I've had a busy summer. Um, we'll, we'll have more. If, hell yeah. Um, Pete, I could continue talking about this food stuff for a while, but that's on our spinoff podcast. Today, we are revisiting a record that we did in our revisit series from the good old local, uh, it came from New Jersey podcast days. Uh, For those who may be hearing us for the first time, In Search of Tracks started with a slightly more New Jersey-based lean. And Pete, some days I miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do too. I mean, maybe we have like a New Jersey week, you know, yeah. every uh, every month or two. And, and we just... get some like really, really ornery old man <laughs> who wants to argue about what you call congealed meat, whether it's uh, Taylor ham or pork roll. Uh, we get somebody who gets like real fierce about that on the line. And... I'll get my neighbor on the podcast, dude. I'll do it. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. Um, the record we're reviewing is SZA Control. Yeah. This was our, I believe, fourth episode that we did. Um, so one of the things I miss is that doing a music-based podcast from New Jersey meant that we pushed into some weird directions and stuff that you wouldn't expect us to hear. With In Search of Tracks, we've leaned a little in further into our strengths. But this record was a good reminder, like, hey, it's it's kind of fun to squeak in on stuff that you're not as comfortable talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this one was, was a lot of fun, and we both really liked it at the end of the day. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but some of these tracks actually made it onto my my summer playlist for that, that year. Um, no question they did. Let me just... I made a playlist for a trip to a national park a few months ago. There were tracks that snuck on there. Nice. This is a record that um, we asked this question. Pete, have you gone back to this record? I have. Me too. Broken is Clocks a, is like on a mixtape. I don't understand why Broken Clocks isn't like her number one streamed song. Like that's a that's a track full stop. Yeah, 100%. So, um, is it not even like in the top five? It's not even in the I top just, five right now. No, just, it's giant pop artists like SZA. Yeah, they just get um, all the new tracks. Yeah, and but but this is this one feels like it should be a perennial like hit, almost like one of the defining songs of that year, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and that's not the only song off this record that when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, fondly remember that record. Um, Broken Clocks is the one I really like. The song Prom, I really like the Weekend, um, Love Galore, which is still one of her prime tracks. Fantastic song. Yeah. And, and the closer 20 something I think is awesome too. So Yeah. I'm with you man. It's a great record. When I look back and and just uh, so you can start prepping, we're we're going to do our ratings on this. I don't know if you you're prepped at all. Um when I think about this record, it sort of hits the spot when I was re-listening for this, you know, brief conversation. I was like, "Oh, this hits this weird place where it's like clearly a hip-hop r&b kind of thing going on but is it safe to say that like it'd almost be weird if you were a kid into indie music in 2017 who wasn't aware of this record or at least into this record a little bit i feel like this record definitely had crossover appeal at the time and probably still i mean like she she's one of those pop artists that like yeah 
hasn't put a record out since, which this was a few years ago. And now. I think I think it's I think it's incoming. I think there's one like imminent. Yeah, yeah, she's been doing like the crossover tracks with different people yep, and stuff. Yep. So like she's she's ramping up to something. But I feel like I feel like her more than a lot of like artists in that world have crossover appeal, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think there's crossover there. I think that you were just as likely to hear this album being played at urban outfitters, uh, Buffalo exchange, um, anthropology, uh, cool hip store du jour, um, as anything else. Like this is, this is like, is this a cool record? Yeah, it's a cool record. Like, cool. Like, does it hit all the spots for me? No. Is it supposed to hit all the spots for someone who is like 35? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no a 35 year old dude who's coming from like an aggressive music background probably not but like it's a really fun listen it's emotional it's got a lot of movement i think there's a lot of like kind of raw feeling but just like fun expression on this record that i think might be noted as, as very influential the further down the line we get from it yeah it's also like one of those, like I try to dip into the pop world and just kind of see what's happening. I'm always interested always in what the kids are listening to. And yeah, like, sure. and, uh, this, right, this one, like it definitely s- feels more like a fully thought out album mm-hmm. than a lot of these releases tend to, which yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I remember that from our, our episode too, was like, it was kind of, yeah, there was a real, like, thoughtfulness to how it came together yeah apparently she i i don't remember the details it's been a while but i remember she recorded some insane amount of tracks for this and like over over like a really really long period of time like two plus years i i think yeah and it was something like 50 plus songs that she was just never comfortable with it being the finished product and finally i i think it was like the label was basically like listen we got to put this out. Like what is going on? And, and eventually they kind of yeah, landed at they, something. They, they, yeah. They, yes. They broke her like but fine, they, fine, fine. But they also, uh, did you know she released like a deluxe version of this just in June this year? Uh, maybe I think I saw that, but it I has like I didn't seven or eight extra it. tracks. I didn't listen to oh, it actually, but, interesting. Okay. but now I'm going to. So hell yeah. Well, let's do a quick review because we were not doing this kind of rating system at the time. No, it's kind of fun to do it. So, Pete, on a holistic quality, uh, how good is this record? You know, your excitement level to to give it a yeah, this is a good record. Out of twenty, what do you give it? So again, this is like not my genre. I can't yeah. compare it to all that much, um, but I really, really like it. So I'm going to give it a an eleven out of I twenty. I give it a I give it a fourteen. I think it's a really good record. Again, not my not my genre, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yo, no no uh, caveats needed. I think this is just a very good record for its style, which we will I'll note as we continue on. Highs, Pete. Highs to me nine. Uh, the fact that um, Love Galore and Broken Clocks and Prom and Weekend are songs that I still like have very memorable. Like I sit with it. Yeah. Um, that says a lot because it's full out of genre for me. Nine out of ten. I'm going with an eight. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're still on mixtapes for me is big. So yeah. Hell yeah. Um, lows four out of 10. Um, you know, there's some of this record that's lost on me. Mm-hmm. 
I'll I might go lower. I'm going to give it a three just because like there there's some tracks where I'm this record's a little long. Oh shit, you're right. All right, it's, it's a two. It's a, uh, I'll give yeah. it a three because you're right. It's you're right. Some of it I got nothing. Now this is an interesting question for this because we're acknowledging that we're not swimming in the well. Um, yeah. Competency and peer review. I think it's highly competent. I think it's going to be a standout record. But if you're like, well, what do you think it compares to this or that? I might stand there going, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still going to give it a seven. Okay. Um, that feels right to me. Okay. Same. Okay. Um, drag factor. Uh, five for me. There's segments of this record that, again, wash right over me. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, here's the thing. I appreciate that it's like a fully formed album, and I think it was like put together that way. But there are songs that I love, and there are songs that I pretty much just do nothing for me. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Flow, how this record flows in song, uh, from song to song as a whole album. Um, We talked about the thoughtfulness in terms of level of care it still feels more like a pop kind of record in terms mm-hmm. of like we have hits and misses and there's some stuff that mixes and then you're like whoa this is a strong segment it hits a four for me okay i'm gonna give it a six i actually think the flow is pretty good okay hell yeah despite not liking a few of the songs there's a few there's just a few tracks that take me out like it clicks in i'm like oh i thought I, I was grooving and then when you stop that's an interesting thing to me yeah um aesthetic look I re- overall i really like the album cover um, Me too. i think it's a cool vibe i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a seven same spot seven uh impact and influence uh the songs a couple songs still on playlist for me and i as noted think it's going to be looked back on in hindsight as an even more of a moment than people kind of think of it right now seven Cool. I'm going to give it a six on that. Hell yeah. And Intangible, etc. Yo, some of those tracks are still tracks to me. Six. Five. All right. So uh, what is your store score? What is your store? What is your score? My come score out is a 57. Okay. Okay. That feels cool. Um, my score, I think I might be a little higher than you. Yeah, I am. Um, comes out to a 62. And that feels good to me. Nice. Are you adding it to your collection, Bob? Are you buying SZA Control on vinyl, Bob? Or adding it to your CD collection that I'm sure is in your attic? My CD collection. What kind of crazy psychopath (laughs) would I be? Um, Apparently, kids are buying CDs. I mean, why are they still making those things? CDs are a little back. Uh, Price point and ability to release quickly cheap um, and, yes. and and yeah price point you know like look uh kids just so you know if someone sells you a cd for ten dollars and they made more than 500 of them they just made nine dollars just just so you know. <laughs> likely now, you know wild packaging notwithstanding uh, it's a cheap thing to make at this point um i'd consider it but to be honest like what am i gonna do with the album i'm never gonna listen to it so yeah uh, so it's a no, but it's a gentle no. Agreed. Gentle no. Everybody, 
here's our thoughts on our original fourth overall episode of In Search of Tracks, which was at the time called It Came From New Jersey. SZA Control. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to It Came From New Jersey, a podcast about music, if you can guess it, from New Jersey. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Bob. And I'm your host, Pete. How's it going, Pete? It's going pretty good. Um, We are, what are we listening to today? Well, this was a fun one. And, um, you know, we've been loosely with no particular direction, this has been the aimless drive through New Jersey. Uh, Pete, I think you and I have done a few of these kind of drives where we got in the car, especially when we were teenagers, especially when I had a license and you definitely didn't have a license, (laughs) Um, where I would drive up to kind of, you know, near where you guys lived, where you and and some other friends lived, and uh, we'd meet up and hang out for a while go to record stores, et cetera, diner, pizza place. And then it'd be like, oh, hey, all right, I'll give you guys a ride home, whatever. Or we'll go to your house, whatever. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I would be driving and it was, you know, you guys were from around there. And I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, which way? And you guys would be like, that doesn't matter. You can go anyway. (laughs) And I wish I could explain how frustrating and funny that is, especially now in hindsight being like a 17 year old with a license and having, you know, a 15 year old be like, yeah, you can go, you, you can go left, right or straight. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Exactly. And at that point, you know, you being 17, you're fairly new to driving. It's not like yeah. casual driving. Isn't like exactly all that casual at that point. You're still, you know, kind of learning. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I, I don't like uh, drive into a, a light post or something. <laughs> right. And we're like, Oh, there's like 10 ways to get there. So just go like that direction. Yes, yes, yes. It doesn't help. Sorry for that. (laughs) So that was always fun. And then, uh, you know, as we got older, a little bit more aimless driving. But we've, in a roundabout way, we've touched a lot of different eras and timeframes in New Jersey. But we haven't done anything more current. And we discussed that after our last episode. And uh, a record that has been kind of in the back of my head to talk about and really, to be honest, for me, that I wanted to sink my teeth into was the record Control by SZA from just a couple of years ago. I think it's 2000. What is 17. that? 2017? Yeah. So um, this is a, another record from New Jersey. A little bit different than the other stuff that we've talked about, but one that I really have been, as I mentioned, wanting to kind of dive into because some really good friends of mine whose musical taste I really respect 
love, love with a capital L this record. And I'd given it kind of cursory listens and like, oh, let me check this out and see if I, if I vibed on it. I didn't immediately. But on this deep listen, I have some different feelings. So um, thank you for going on this ride with me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely one of those records, I think, that transcended, you know, a lot of different audiences. Um, I definitely had some friends who, you know, normally wouldn't listen to stuff, you know, in this genre um, who are really into it as well. So um, and, it's cool. Yeah. And let's let's talk about that first, too, because uh, up to this point, we've done a lot of records that sound at least to our ears very different. However, most of them have had a few commonalities being basically guitar based music. Um, <laughs> this is not, uh, I think you could broadly speaking, put this in the R and B world. Um, you know, you could put some other tags on that alternate R and B other things. Um, and I think that's, that's a good place to put it. I think you could loosely put it in the hip hop or adjacent to hip hop world. Uh, and I think that's where it would be grouped mostly, but, I hope that people understand us talking about this. This is not necessarily a world that either of us is entrenched in, but it's certainly one that, that is cool. And it's, it's actually good. I, um, I wanted to listen to this record because of the things that I was told about it and the things I'd seen. And there were, and, and also to be quite honest, the people who really liked it, it was people who were really into kind of more eclectic music uh, people who I knew who loved hip hop and R and B loved this record, but then other people who I had never seen them talk about anything in that realm, but were more into like indie music, like gripped this record like it was like no no this is important, and um, and I kind of see why now upon listening, uh, and I found some other kind of parallels from some of more, my more personal taste musically that were reflected in this in kind of a more updated or modern sense that, that really brought me into this record more than I anticipated going into it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that, uh, just to put a finer point on what you said, you know, I mean, part of the, part of the whole goal for this podcast is to get into things that we, you know, normally might not listen to or might've missed, or, you know, it's really just about kind of broadening the palette. So, um, I think this is something that, I had actually I had listened to it when it come out came out. Um, I I I didn't really I listened to it a few times. I liked it, um, and you know I'm excited to talk about it. But it wasn't. I don't I don't think I was advocating for it the way that um, you know your friends seem to have. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's at the same time you know I think that uh, like you know um, we're just trying to listen to different things and not just stay within our realm. It would be really easy to, you know, choose albums that we're either directly familiar with or kind of tangentially familiar with. Um, so, you know, hopefully we have a lot more episodes like this in the future. And if there are any recommendations, um, you know, let yeah. us know because that's part of the goal here. Yeah. And people should, you know, thank you for the emails we have gotten already, but if you haven't and you have some recommendations, Pete, what's that email address? It is. It came from njpod at gmail.com. Came from njpod at gmail.com. So let's take a second and kind of backtrack because I, I agree 100% with what you said. The, the palette expansion, talking about things. And it's one of the reasons a geographically based podcast can be really fun because it's something from a place. But 
there's a lot of different things going on, even in a small place. And New Jersey's not that big, but there's a lot of different facets. Control comes out 2017. You you give me your feelings on this. I'm going to make some statements. Sure. This was one of the bigger mainstream albums that came out that year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that she was unavoidable for a period of time. Absolutely. This record seems like it has staying power in that I think if someone were to look back in 10 years, that will be a record that's like, oh, this is one of the most important records, biggest records that came out in 2017. Yeah, no, that sounds right to me too. I, I feel like there's there's certain um, musicians, artists, whatever you want to call them, that can put an album out and it has such resonance that they can kind of just disappear for a little while. Um, you know, it's only been what three years, I guess almost since this came out, but actually almost three years to the day, huh? Yeah. um, Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But, um, she seems to have done that. I think she did some tracks following this album for like the soundtrack soundtrack and what the trolls soundtrack, I think too, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. um, which is awesome. You know, I mean, that's like, that's the goal, right? But Well, yeah, it, it shows what kind of, um, what kind of prevalence this record brought is the attention and, and it's like, oh, hey, we need you to be involved in these big projects. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's always so cool when someone can just drop something and basically like, there's such a, like, such a, an earthquake from that that like goes on for years that they don't need to immediately follow it up, you know, especially at a time now where I feel like everyone's always wondering, you know, like when's the next song coming? When's the next album coming? Like, it seems like with her, people are comfortable with just like revisiting this album. And, you know, she puts out a new track every year or so or whenever it is. And, you know, it feels like when, when, when the next one comes, it's going to be like a big event, you know? Yeah, I think in for an artist in this in the more current modern climate, which is digital base, um, you're talking more about streams than maybe album sales per se. You're looking at things a little differently. However, <clears throat> for someone who is an artist who came in this time frame, she certainly is taking her time. I think three years it isn't a long time. Um, in the scope of music, in the scope of history, you see records, but somewhere, someone, someone's tapping their foot, waiting for her to put out a new record. Uh, like, hey, this is supposed you're supposed to have done this by now. But I kind of really appreciate her amount of output, and um, and I think that goes into this record too. And and I think part of the lasting power, to be quite honest, I think some of the, I think that the record was seen as this kind of more more of a statement than just fleeting. And I think that's unique. I'm not going to limit it to, to all artists, but, or to, to mainstream artists. I think for sure in the more mainstream world of music records that come out that feel like, Whoa, this has got something, this has got a lot going on. It's few and far between. But I, I would say that across the board in music, you see a lot of things where, stuff comes out and it's good or bad or indifferent and then something else comes out. Um, just the way things flow. And if you're somebody, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably really like music. There's an inundation, inundation, let's say that word correctly, inundation of everything right now 
but certainly music too. And if you're trying to keep up, you're not going to be able to. And if you're trying to keep up, you're going to lose albums unless they really hit. And I feel like Control absolutely really hit. And I want to talk more about the the nitty gritty of it. But one of the questions we talk about when we kind of intro these, we try to, is why are we even talking about this record? Pete, why are we even talking about this record? Other than the fact that she's from New Jersey. <laughs> well, that's actually the prime factor here. But um, <laughs> aside, aside from that, um, I mean, like I said, you know, it was unavoidable, I think, for a year or two there. She's I not, eh, not a household name, but I mean, she's definitely, you know, if you're interested in music at all, I think you've definitely come across her at this point. Um, aside from that, I mean, the album, it was nominated for five Grammys. Um, it was a really big deal, you know, so I think that... Um, we're trying yeah, I to think cover some newer stuff, and this is like one of the biggest records of the last couple of years that came out of the state. So, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I'll pose it like this, and this is actually tough, and it, this might be a question for our listeners. If you were to pick ten mainstream records that came out in the past ten years, this has been something that's been on my mind from everywhere, not just New Jersey. Um, ten mainstream artist records that have come out in the past 10 years that were bigger than this record. What are they? You know, and, um, and think about what the genres are. I think there's a few for sure. You know, there's some landmark stuff. Um, yeah. there's some, you know, there's some, it, a lot of it is more in the hip hop world. Uh, but, but I think for this being basically her debut album, it's really impressive. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's amazing. I think if you didn't want to put this in the top 10 of most important or biggest records of the past 10 years, uh, maybe you could use some sales argument, but I think in, in the next 10 years, people are going to look back at this record as a very important one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so where do you want to start? Where do we go in? I, I have an idea. Go for it. Um, one of the things that, one of the things that really struck me about this album is there's definitely a theme to it. You know, I think that you can probably pick out a few themes, um, maybe bundle them under a single theme, depending on like where you're at or, you know, what you're focusing on, but it's definitely a coherent album. Like I think she definitely intended to make an album, which nowadays is like not as common, I think. Um, but one of the things when I was just, you know, reading about it on Wikipedia and stuff like that, that really struck me was the fact that this was supposed to come out in 2015. So it was supposed to come out two, uh, two years earlier. Um, but apparently she was just so being such a perfectionist about it. She, you know, thought she had the album and then she wanted to go back and rework it and this and that. Um, eventually, you know, it says in the Wikipedia article that it got to the point where the record label actually took her hard drives and essentially just like, put the album out on their own which really yeah which i think you know i think that it probably makes for a good story i still have to think that she has she had some sort of control over you know the track listing and you know which tracks made it and which tracks didn't um but apparently she recorded anywhere from 150 to 200 songs over the course of like two years holy shit um so kind of like you know, it's it's actually similar to when we were talking about Bruce last last week. I feel like this album could have been any number of different things. So the fact that it ended up being what it was, 
um, is interesting to me because, you know, who knows if like when she puts out new tracks, are some of them going to be reworkings of songs that were supposed to be on this? Or is she going to, you know, start fresh or, you know, right. Um, it's interesting to think like how many good tracks there probably are that didn't make this album. So yeah, that's, that's one of the things that really struck me when I was kind of doing my homework here. Yeah, no. And, and I think I <clears throat> will save some of the music talk, but well, <laughs> this is all music talk, but the, structurally, <laughs> I really did agree. I feel like this is an album and um, it's, it's set up like that. The flow is really solid. It kind of goes, it's a vibe, you know, you, you put it on and there's a lot going on and you move through it. And I agree. There's some lyrical themes that I think are both topical and presented in this really raw, honest way that um, it's not rare. I hear it in a lot of music, but is done very tactfully and gracefully in in this way that's not at the same time not pulling punches and is using really direct language, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. And um, and I wonder about it because it feels so cool to hear that. Um, and you know, like I'm not gonna, I, I won't mince words here. There was a time I feel that that a female voice being able to speak so directly was seen as like brazen or like, Oh my, Oh my God, you know? Um, but she does it so well. And like, that is not now that time has long gone. And, and I say this because I think that there are people who, older listeners perhaps to this podcast, if you're, you're digging in, um, who might be taken aback by some language or whatever. But, but to me, like if you're a fan of seventies R and B and soul, like this record hits now, the music's a little bit more updated, but like to me, when I talk about some of my personal musical interests, like that's a lot of stuff that I love and have grown up on and really still appreciate, especially now today. I think it's a, like one of the richest wealths of music and I felt that energy listening to this record as an album. I was like, wow, this record goes in this kind of beat and tempo and just kind of builds and, and lets go and decompresses. And and there's just a certain feeling to it that pulsates and reminds me of all these things, but also still has its own energy going. And I, I, I don't know that I expected it to feel that when I went into this record. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of its own energy. Um, what did you, you know, talking themes, cause I always like theme records, maybe because I'm a prog rock fan, yes. um, but, uh, like, what did you get out of it? What did you think that, um, generally speaking, she was trying to get at here? Lyrically themed. I thought there was a lot of expression of anxieties, um, discussion like insecurities yeah these kind of almost how do i put it into my own words that are actually words uh these untalkables which is not a word but i'm going to use it but these things that that it feels so relatable but it also isn't something that you would say to someone out loud necessarily but the way she elocutes it it's 
it's so it, it's so it pins it just exactly right and it's not on some some high lit shit either you know it's it's like oh whoa you know it, it, she she just cuts to the 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 chase but it's still artful so um yeah. those things really hit me in a cool way no i'm with you i think that um it definitely it's super relatable it's like it's written like it's a journal entry or something you know it's like it's 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 uh it's intimate but it's you know it's it's okay that she's letting the world know about this stuff you know because it's stuff that like to me it just reminded me of my 20s honestly it was just like mm. those feelings of like like am i good enough like other mm-hmm. people are doing better than me like maybe my significant other is like you know pushing me to be more serious about whatever th- like something you know and i maybe i don't want to be that serious about it right now you know maybe i want to do it on my own time um i think that like really anyone who has lived through their teens and 20s i think could relate to something on this album because to me the like and this is going to be really fucking obvious but um yeah. i think th- i think the the uh the theme comes down to control, you know? I mean, I think right, that, right. Song um, title, uh, album yeah, title. Yeah. I mean, like I think the the outro, I forget if it's her mom or grandma. Um, but I think it's, it's somebody that, you know, she's immediately related to is like a, a quote of her talking. This, that's, really, that part's awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. I, I love the theme stuff going on in the album, but like, it's really just about like what is and what is not in your control. Right the idea of control is something you can have and you can operate on that assumption that you have control or you can operate on the assumption that you don't have control. But the idea is like, even if you factually don't have control of things, let's just operate as if we do, because like things are going to work out better that way. You know, um, in that way too, I feel like it's like, it's a real, it's an album where she's really like, growing up like it's just it it feels like a step in like like moving beyond like as an adult where you're like you know you reach these kind of milestones and you're like oh like that's a good operating principle i'm gonna i'm gonna go on that now you know moving forward so i think it's cool i mean it's the kind of album that i feel like people are gonna if it hits you at the right time it's gonna be one of those albums that like kind of sticks with you for the rest of your life you know yeah yeah no i mean the the term coming of age is the one it's like the cliche that we maybe are unintentionally dancing around but it has that feel without using these like like lame tropes we're talking about things like there's a lot of relationship talk here and and I, i think that's important i think it's really cool it's honest and feels just like exposed nerve to things that's the thing. It's also messy, which like, yeah. you know, it, that's like the reality of all of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's really cool. And I think, yeah, it's going to imprint on the way, uh, you know, I think about like what's going on or, you know, different early 70s soul records that like, oh, this was a record that imprinted on people and just stuck with them and just hits these moments and notes of the time and, and the, the levels of conversation and the way that people either talk to each other or wish they could talk to each other. And I, I really, I think this record does that well. 
and kind of interestingly, I find that the music echoes a lot of that too. I think, so one of the points that I've kind of circled around is the idea that um, there's this kind of directness, this beautiful brutality in the how she cuts the chase. I also feel there's some beauty in the simplicity of some of the music and the beats. Not to say there's a lot going on. And in, in fact, when I, I kind of was toggling back, listening to other stuff that I thought loosely you could you could group this with, but to be honest, on as a record, this kind of stands in its own place, um, even in comparison to its peers. There's there's just there's a level where this record is stripped down a bit, and um, and I don't say that because it certainly has production values through the roof, but maybe that that those terms we use it's an exposed nerve, it's messy, it has that feeling in the music too, um, and I think that maybe is why this stands out on its own apart from genre piece, apart from you know, uh, today's R and B or modern hip hop or, you know, underground R and B or Neo soul, like any of that, it's kind of got its own thing going on. And it also makes me think like, <clears throat> Whoa, what, what does this, what does SZA's next record sound like? Like, where does the, does this evolve? Does this go bigger? Does this stay in the same? Does it continue? It's cause this record and I went back and listened to the EP before this Z and I felt like that kind of was a lead in. And I, to be really honest, this record's really good. Um, Z is also really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like control and you haven't heard that EP, it's called an EP. It's 40 minutes long, but it's I very know. good. I, say, I wouldn't call it an EP. <laughs> I know. Um, but so anyways, um, yeah. So, how do you do you do you see that? Where I'm saying about the music, it it, it almost has a similar. Um, it's like a serendipity with the, the the lyrical content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think the the two work really well together. Um, I was going to say, kind of going off that too, and just going back to one of your other points. I think Z Z is really good, but I felt I, I felt like this was like a very very obvious like huge step up, you know, in a lot of directions. Sure. Um, yes. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, but then the second thing is, um, you know, the lyrical content, yeah. Matching with the music and kind of feeling like an exposed nerve and all of this. Um, I definitely agree. I mean, I think that it all matches really well. I think it was really well thought out. Um, one of my favorite little tidbits, like you saying that some of it sounds like an exposed nerve reminded me actually that, um, again, when I was reading about it, Apparently, um, in the first song, when she's talking about, um, you know, how her dude basically like broke up with her on Valentine's Day, um, and she admits that she was like fucking his homie, um, you know, and apparently that's a true story. And the first time that she ever told anybody was on the album. So she was like, there were interviews that I read where she was like, yeah, he doesn't know that that happened, but he's going to find out when he listens to the album. And I thought that was so cool, you know? Um, <laughs> what, what? Yeah. So exposed nerve, a little bit messy. <laughs> yeah. uh, feels too real. So yeah. um, Super real. I like it. Yeah. You know, so what, what does – let's talk about this more for the uninitiated now. Um, people who have never heard this record. Uh, and, and thank you for joining us. Um, 
we're here to tell you what a record that you know has songs on it that have been streamed over 350 million times sounds like. But hey, <laughs> I probably was in that camp a few months ago too. You know, so um, it's cool. We're all always finding out new stuff. You know? Correct. Exactly. Uh, that's why you're here. Thank you for being part of this. So um, I have a question. Yeah. Is this post indie rock R and B? I think that's a good way of summing it up. But I also think that, like, I don't know if it matters. Like, this is kind of a larger question, yes. I guess. Yes. Like, Thank like, you. It was at, a trick question. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, at this point, like, genre really does, like, does it matter? I think you need to obviously have you know, reference points that if you're trying to describe something to someone, you can tell them it kind of sounds like this or kind of sounds like that. But at the same time, like it's not just R and B, it's not just hip hop. It's not just soul. It's not just indie. Like it's taking from all of these different things in a way that is sometimes equal, sometimes, you know, kind of more geared towards another sound, but like, it doesn't really matter. I think that, um, one of the things that I think is cool about younger people making music. Um, and I say SZA is younger cause she is younger than me and you. Yes. Yes. Um, those, you know, like people younger than me were exposed to a lot more music at a much younger age. Um, you know, for me and you, like I was actually like tape trading. I was downloading things on Napster. I was yeah. you know, like, like if I really wanted to find, if I really wanted to go deep in the history of music, I had to work for it, um, which is cool in its own way. But now you don't have to do that as much, um, which I think is really great in a different way because it allows yeah, everybody to get exposed to things, um, you know, much quicker and really like not care if, you know, something is R and B or hip hop or rock and roll or metal or whatever it is that you're into, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I hear a lot of things in here. I hear, you know, she obviously listens to indie rock as well as a lot of other things, you know, and like, that's fucking cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I think the more melding we can have tastefully, you know, I mean, sometimes it's not done well, but it's done really well. So, yeah, yeah I I mean, know. is it? Yeah, but like, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, hands in the air, whatever. Um, I asked that question to prompt that exact response because one, I don't know if it's even fair to call something post indie rock, especially in that space and R&B because it's like, yeah, you know, there's like this, there's a lot going on there. That said, I think the way I would describe this to someone who is older than me is different than how I would describe it to someone who's younger than me. However, exactly as you said, my musical reference points and notes aren't worlds apart. I don't need to caveat this to a younger person and say, oh, there's elements of this that remind me of Lauren Hill or Sade or Marvin Gaye um, because they know. They, they know what those things are, and if they don't, they go find out (laughs) and it's awesome. You know, I I think the younger listener, if you are an older listener and you're hearing this, just sit back and be amazed at how much music knowledge people who are in that post, you know, the Gen Z or younger millennial are because 
they've had access to all different types of music for so long. It's just, it's really incredible. Um, so that said, musically, there's elements of this. And, uh, you know, when I was listening to this record, I heard certain things that go, you know, there's a little bit of this kind of indie thing, but it doesn't hit me. It doesn't hit me like stuff like the 90s backpack rap type yeah. world. You know, like I, I don't draw those parallels. I draw parallels to a lot of 70s soul, a lot of 70s, late 60s R&B. There's certainly a lot of big vocal pop sensibility on some of this stuff. SZA's voice is incredible. Uh, She has a vocal cadence and range that's really, it just has depth. And there's a lot of character and personality that when you team that, it's like, it's like all you could want from someone to be the world's biggest pop star except that she's not the world's biggest pop star yet. <laughs> Who knows if she ever right. will be, but, but she has all this emotion and raw. It's like fire. Just, just hearing it, you know, it's like, Whoa, there's something going on there. Um, you know, but, but I also like, there's points where I hear in the music and then in the vocals, I'm like, you know, there's parts of this that remind me of feist, you know, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's gotten a collective mix. Um, yeah. Bjork. Um, I, I think there's, dark. yeah, like, um, oh, what's the one? Um, there, there's parts of this that are a little Portishead, you know? Yeah. So there's all these different mixes. And I'll be honest, I don't think going into the record, I expected it to do all that so tactfully and tastefully. And so when I got it and and i was listening and i was like okay like i i know the the general gist is that this is a record and these are the people who who i've seen who love it and you know these are things i've seen said about it okay is this going to be halfway indie and i don't think it is i mean if i was going to qualify this as something and say hey do you like there's sort of this more modern r&b sensibility to it and, and, and that's another thing I want to put a pin in, but like, I'd like to talk about where this place is with contemporaries for her versus are their contemporaries and what are they like? But like, to me, I have a great affinity for 70s soul and R and B and funk. And, and I'd say if you have any interest in that stuff and you haven't heard this record, you should make this a listen to. And there might be certain elements that, that do feel new i won't say feel foreign but they feel new but in the tempo and in context of listening to this i found i was like i see why they're doing this you know instead of some of these more singular big hook parts there's catchy bouncy cadences and they almost they almost pull you in the same way just differently you know yeah and and it's sort of if i was going to make a contemporary versus um versus older comparison that's that's one of the things i would i would separate it but i I was very impressed with this record um for the sound and some of the feeling and you know just overall so uh i was just rambling so please take it away (laughs) no you're good um so question you know going back to my my other point about uh or my earlier point i guess about the album and how, you know, it could have been any number of things and she had 200 songs recorded and this and that. Um, not even just for SZA, but like, 
do you think there's such a thing as a finished album? Like, do you think that, um, because, you know, everything that I've ever read about, it doesn't matter who it is, you know, they'll be getting interviewed about the 20th anniversary of their album, you know, and it's like, would you change anything? And there's always something that would change, you know? So right. like, do you think that, you know, it seems, cause it seems to me that this dropped at like just the right time. It's a great album. Yep. Um, you know, I can go deeper, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, we'll go deeper. But um, is there anything such thing as finished album? Um, uh, it's just it's let's let's talk about it from the two most important um, angles to me, and that's artist and audience. Um, for an audience, yeah, it's finished. It's it's it is what it is, and we've seen instances throughout music where artists will decide, Hey, we didn't like the way this song turned out. We're going to re-record it. I don't know what the ratio is, but quite often people find themselves drawn to the version they heard first or the one that they kind of imprinted on. Right. So if that's the newer version, that's the newer version. If it's the original version, it's the original version. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah. So, uh, I was about to go into a thing about, um, an old, blues song that both Aerosmith and Motorhead covered and thinking about which version I liked better, but I, I I'm going to digress. So I will stop. Um, but so from an audience perspective, absolutely. The record that is released is quite often. That's it. How many different versions of pet sounds are there? How many different versions, this, that, the other, there's so many classic records that now going to the other side, artists, are never, never feel satisfied or satiated with, you know, don't, don't feel finished. Mm-hmm. So that then asks the question to me, <clears throat> when you're when, for the artist, is it that they're looking at it and going, well, um, I would have changed some brush strokes or I would have changed the color of that blue with this album that is my painting, let's say this portrait, my painting. Right. Or is it that you would have used a different canvas totally, or that you use the worst paintbrushes known to man and that it sounds, it looks like shit because of the tool you used, or you just don't like the way the sky looks in this paint. There's all these different things. So to, to pull out where I'm going with this really weird analogy, if it's brush strokes, I find that most artists feel, yeah. And as they get further and further away from it, if there's reverence, if there's love, they start to accept and feel, yes, that was done. But if it's entire swaths of the painting that aren't the way they liked it, there's this pang and you can see it. And it's quite often a thing. If you hear artists speak in interviews or you've gotten a chance to talk to someone who's put out music or, or does it for a living, ask them about their latest record, (laughs) ask them about the new music, they're recording, and then ask them about their quote unquote classic or best record. And you'll quite often find that what artists like the most is their newest thing. (laughs) because it's still new, it's fresh, it's what they're working on now, and it has all the opportunity in front of it. Uh, Whereas quite often artists can dither and dather and pick apart the thing that's been out forever. Yeah. So so I want to ask you that same question. Is an album ever complete? I mean, I think that, 
you could never complete a thing. And I think that's, that's fine. But you know, at this point, this album was released. It is in the ether. Um, I think that it, it, it made me think of something. Do you remember when um, Kanye West put out The Life of Pablo? I think that was like five years ago, maybe now. Yep, I sure do. So like for those that don't really remember or weren't paying attention or don't care, I don't know. Um, you know, it, he dropped it. Basically, he put out the, you know, Spotify electronic version. You downloaded it or like the MP3 version. Mm-hmm. He downloaded it, and then a few days later, he was like, "Oh, actually, I'm not really finished. This is the new version." And then he dropped a second version of the album, which I think it was mostly the same, but there were like two or three tracks that were more or less completely reworked, and then like one track taken out, another track replaced it. Right. So right. I, I think he did that two or three times, and I honestly remember thinking at the time, like, I I, I more or less like the album. Like, it doesn't really matter my thoughts on the album, but like. I, I remember thinking like, is this how it's going to be? Because I thought that was like really interesting and like really to exciting. See the record that was, yeah, that was like, it's, oh, that's an interesting. So because, in like, the digital that, age. Yeah. That, yeah. I thought that more people were going to do that over time. I thought that was like just the first in a series and like, you know, a pattern of things that were going to happen with different artists. Um, that didn't really happen. But like, I thought that was a really interesting concept that the idea that like, maybe an album never really is finished and you can just keep reworking it and keep, you know, putting out new versions of it over time. If you're, if you're interested in doing that, you know? Well, right. Because when we talk about the digital age, um, you know, it's something that's come up as a point of contention where if you write an article and publish it digitally, well, you can go back and edit that. Right. And, you know, I've seen different things, be it in sports or other places where it's like, Oh, this person changed the predictions they made about the sporting event posthumously to make themselves look better. What? Wait, how does that happen? You know, um, and you can, you know, obviously there's digital archiving and you can see when changes are made to pages and da, 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 for sure. But most people looking at something don't see that and it can right. really change as opposed to something being like, hey, I have it book in print you know here it is um you said this and here it is yeah um, so it does no i am fascinated by that because the idea of it being like hey what if there was a five-year anniversary of control and it's like actually these this is the order this is the sequencing i i would prefer it in and here's these two additional tracks that should have been here and that's going to be track three and this song moves to track eight and this is a new track nine and it pushes it to this length and actually i take out this song because it doesn't fit yeah that's fascinating in the same way as there's movies that it's like hey this is the you know this is this director's cut cut, right um and it's interesting so yeah, I'm totally because, with you. I mean, I, I think that she, like, it sounds to me like in all of the interviews that I was reading, and the, the reason I thought of this question was like, it sounds like she just had, you know, paralysis by analysis. Like, yes. she probably could have finished the record two years earlier. It probably would have been just as effective, just as good. But she was like, uh, you know, there was something missing for her. Um, and it seems to me that, you know, assuming the, the story of her hard drives being taken by the record company is true. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, it just, it just doesn't sound like she ever would have reached it. You know, like you can, 
you can criticize yourself and your own music to death. I mean, like one of the other things I read too was I think after she, um, she actually didn't win any of the Grammys that she was nominated for. And yeah. I guess there was like a big uproar about it and all of her fans and everyone else was like, you know, you were robbed and this and that. Um, and she was interviewed about it and she was like, I don't even fuck with my own record. Like, I don't even think it's good. You know, like she still like, wasn't even backing her own record. Um, which like, it's, it's always interesting. Cause I feel like, you know, I can relate to that level of like self, uh, self-analysis but like yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, it like I, I see her and i'm like dude that's not doing you any good like your album is fucking awesome obviously you know like right right well uh, you know uh, uh, let's chalk that up to the 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 artist that you know it's hard to satisfy it's really difficult i think <clears throat> for people a lot of people have a heart it hits that paralysis by analysis hit that point creatively and if I'm being very honest, I think some of the most successful people in arts uh, in general, whether it's writing, music, any form of creative content, is knowing when, okay, I'm done. And realizing you can keep tinkering and pushing back and forth and back and forth. And a certain amount of nudging, of nudging and editing is good for you. But at some point, tinkering is not great. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, let's talk about this record a little more. Okay. Is this a record? Now we've both said, I think this is an album. I think this is a good listen, but I will also be honest. It's a little bit long. And I yeah. found that on additional, on listen throughs, there were parts where I would get, where I'd phase it out. Um, and, I made it to the end because there's a couple tracks towards the end where I, I really like it, but there's some points where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm finishing it. And and I, I'll also say that there were several times when I put this on and I'd get to about track seven or eight and that, that was where I stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record over the course of this podcast, not just this episode, but the, you know, however long we end up doing this. Yeah. I don't have a high tolerance for long records, man. Like, like over 45 minutes. And I know this is, I think 49 minutes, but like 45 minutes to me is like absolute maximum length. Yeah. I, I, we, we should do some self analysis on this because I think, um, (laughs) I think we were groomed in a short, fast music world. Yeah. Where, sure. uh, efficiency and expedition, exped, being expedited about all things was, was appreciated. Yeah. But I agree. I think I probably shave 10 minutes off this record. Um, yeah. clock it in right under 40 and feel really good about it. Um, I feel like, uh, the song Broken Clocks was the song I was most familiar with before. I think it's the most, it's the catchiest. It's the, um, it's got the hook to go. Yeah. To go full Tom Petty. Uh, you hear the single, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, and it's just, it's, it's just a really cool use of it. And you see like, Oh yeah, this, this, this makes a lot of sense. Um, there, there's really just some great songs on this. I really like Garden. Uh, I really like Normal Girl. I think Drew Barrymore is, is a hit. I like that a lot. 
um, yeah, the four the singles, the four singles yeah. were Drew Barrymore, Love Galore, The Weekend, and Broken Clocks. Yeah, yeah, and Love Galore back to back with The Weekend is a really nice one. Um, so there's a few songs I would drop. I'm not gonna get too deep on that, but but I think it starts off really strong, lulls a little bit, and then comes out strong at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, um, it's hard because I I also think. I could probably say that about like what's going on by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> There's a couple tracks I'd pull for sure. I could say that about uh, Led Zeppelin houses of holy, but, but I actually listened to that last night. I would definitely pull a few tracks. Oh, uh, we should talk about it. It's my favorite Led Zeppelin record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, but to me, like the crunch helps make that their, their weird attempt at a really, Funk is it is it the crunch? No. What is the song? Is it it is the crunch. It is the crunch, yeah. The the funky kind of like bassy song. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think a lot of people are pulling that. But for me, I get it. I'm like, okay, this this breaks it a little different. So, you know, not every song has to be a single. That all said, that's part of I'm saying I could take or leave some of these songs. However, I appreciate them, especially on a record that came out in 2017 because I think there was consciousness to this being an album, not just a collection of singles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really like, I mean, a lot of my favorite songs were the singles. I like supermodel. I like drew Barrymore doves in the wind prom night, the weekend, oh, broken prom, clocks, prom normal great, girl. Yeah. Prom night's great. Yeah. Um, I think that I would definitely not replace the opener supermodel or the no. closer, um, what is 20 something? Is that the last one? Oh, no, track? you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I, I love how that guitar riff is at the beginning and closes out the record. I love stuff like that. Yep. Um, so I think intro, outro, super strong. The, I mean, the thing is, like, there aren't any tracks that I don't like. I, I think the only track I might skip over is like Gogina, maybe. Um, Gogina loses me a little bit in there. Yeah. I don't love the open of it. And it's, I, I like for, that it's a mark reference. Yes, I know for being <laughs> one of the shorter songs on the record. I just feel like it's, it's actually got like, it almost feels disjointed, like almost half, half and half. And I'm not particularly, neither half pulls me in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, Doves in the wind. I am not crazy about, um, I think it's fine. I actually kind of like Kendrick Lamar a lot, but I didn't love him here. Um, and yeah, I, I like Supermodel a lot. That's a great song. I would um, maybe lose Love Galore. That's yeah. my, I think the tracks for me were Love Galore and Gogina I might drop, but I, w- I felt like everything else was really strong. Yeah. I mean, and even those are strong in their own way. I just... I think yeah that, no I, I think Gojin is the weakest track to me but um, yeah the interest of making the album shorter that's that that would be my move I think um, comparisons so I was thinking to myself about this record and going I think this occupies a relatively unique space um, I went through and was listening to some other artists that I, I could group I, I was familiar not some expert in this world so but I was listening to Kalani. Um, and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't have quite as much personality, but I could see it. Um, I think you could loosely group this with the weekend. Sure. But 
as the weekend continues to grow, it's getting more the the pop sensibility leans heavier and heavier. And I, I don't know. That's that brings me to this question: Like, are there any other artists? One, any other artists that you would group SZA with or this album with uh, currently? And two, what would what do you think her next album will sound like? So I mean, like. Yeah, again, this isn't really my lane. So if I sound stupid to anybody out there, like just know that um, I'm trying. To me, I definitely thought of Kalani. I thought of Tayana Taylor. Um, those are two yeah. that come to mind. Um, but at the same time, like they have this kind of hyper confident, like sexual energy. Um, whereas SZA, like it's it's a it's a very different kind of energy. You know, it, it's I think it's really confident in its own way. But yes. it's much more it's much more vulnerable, I think, than than um, the stuff that I mentioned. Yeah, so, I think there's a unique confidence that separates it from um, a lot of others. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, there's a there's unique confidence and a unique content, which um, which is why I think this album is going to stand on its own for a long time after this. For sure, but I think you're right. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of similarities. I think to like earlier weekend stuff. If you're familiar with like trilogy or any of the mixtapes, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, that stuff, it, it's definitely more like drug induced than this, but, um, <laughs> yes, it's oh, uh, kid, kid cutie, kid Cuddy, Cuddy. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I, I can see a lot that. of that. I see that too. Yeah. Again, not quite as, uh, drug soaked, but, um, but has that similar kind of like down mood, but with some upbeats here and there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I actually found this to be a record that I'll revisit. I was really, really excited that, um, that I liked it that much. Cause I didn't, I didn't totally think when it comes to more contemporary R and B or this kind of stuff, sometimes I'll catch a wave of it and be like, Oh, okay. That was cool. But quite honestly, um, I end up going backwards in time for a lot of that kind of stuff as opposed to staying contemporary. And, you know, when it comes to that, you feel left out and you feel like, man, am I missing out on things? And I'll say this. I think I missed out on this record and I'm, I'm glad I, I caught it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm glad we revis- revisited it. Um, all right. So I think I think we're going to wrap up here. Pete, uh I quietly picked this one for this week. Do you want to pick next week's album? I would love to. Um, I think I'm going to go with something that we've been circling for a little while. Mm. Um, going to dip back into 90s indie rock. Or dip All right. Back. I, don't even, I don't even know if we've dipped our toes in it. but um, I don't know. I, no, we've dipped in the 90s, but not on the indie rock side. Yeah, not on the indie rock. We did Monster Magnet, so that was uh, that was not indie rock. So not, Decidedly not indie rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd like that. Yeah, so um, we're going to go with Yola Tango. I can hear the heart beating as one. Um, nice. They're a band that I you know, I'm familiar with, um, but they have a very deep catalog. This is, I think definitely their biggest album. So if you're familiar with them, you're, you're going to know this one. Um, but I think that's a good starting point. So we're going to go with that. Very cool. Well, uh, thank you, Pete. I'm excited to dive into that record and, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, go listen to control by SZA, check it out, come back, uh, with your thoughts 
to it came from njpod at gmail.com. You can catch us on the socials. Pete, what are those socials? Um, at it came from njpod. Uh, at on Instagram. Pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Facebook. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, see you next time. Bye bye. And I got pieces and pages talking a lot. Sorry, I'm faded. Think I forgot you love me.